Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Good morning, good evening, good night. I say all of those things because I don't know which one applies to you. So take whichever one works, but I'm just so happy that you joined us for Church Online today and the happy, jolly people in the room are excited you're here. Come on. They're very loud. It sounds like a lot more. So they're just really antsy to be around people. That's why I invited them here. But we're so happy that uh, we get to do church online and that I get to bring you the word today. But before we jump into that, I first just want to echo what that video showed you of our financial report that just came out. I want to say thank you again for your continued giving and your extreme generosity, especially in this season. It's been incredible to watch what God has been able to do. So come on. Can we give it up one more time for all you people? And I'll remind you today, if you're wanting to give, the few ways that you can give around here. First, you can give online at tfh.church. You can give on our app. Or uh, if you're watching in the live stream, a button's gonna pop up right now and you can give from that space too. Well, uh, last week, Tim brought an incredible word, and I know it messed with a bunch of you. It messed with me, too, when he posed that question to us of, are you passing the test? Like, the things that we're going through right now, I think that it wasn't just, you know, a word that was good for a Sunday morning, but it was a word that is good for this season. And I know a lot of people um, were helped through that. So if you missed that, will you go to our YouTube channel and check that out because it is a timely word. And actually, when it comes to testing, we're feeling like we couldn't jump out of that theme because it's the theme that we're in, the season that we're in right now. So I don't want to rush past that. I actually want to hang out in that spot still today. And I want to remind us, especially if you weren't with us this last week, of what testing is, who testing benefits. You know, many times people think that God is testing us so he can figure out, like, give us a test and figure out where our faith stands. But that's not true. God already knows where your faith is at. In fact, he knows more about you than you know about yourself. So we find in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about this, uh, this faith test and it's for our benefit. And we come to that understanding that it's for us. Now, in this season, there's a lot that we're walking through. And Peter talks to the New Testament church and talks to them about what it is that they're facing. And not just him, but every writer in the New Testament has this theme of testing. They maybe don't use that phrasing. They might use the word trouble or trial or tribulation or other T words that you can come up with. But the reason they speak in that way is because the church that they were writing to was going through it. In fact, the writer James, who we're gonna look at today, writes to the church that had been scattered or dispersed. We might even say socially distanced. But he writes to them because they are in a season of persecution. 
And he wants to tell them the same thing that Peter does, that this test, this space, this trial that they find themselves in, that there's an opportunity even in the middle of the test that he doesn't want them to miss. So today, if you've got your Bibles, come on, those of you in the room, grab those and open it up. We're gonna go to the book of James today. And we're gonna start in chapter one, verse two. It says this, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So I love this phrasing, he says, so let it grow. I think of Elsa right in that moment. So let it grow, let it grow. No, you're not gonna sing with me. So let it grow, James says, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you're taking notes today, the title of this message is No Pain, No Gain. Come on, turn to the person in the living room next to you, the person sitting by you and say, no pain, no gain. Come on now, let's pray. Let's pray. Stop talking to your neighbor. Let's talk to the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your word that is living. And today, as we go to the Bible, as we go to your living word, I thank you that it isn't you know, some ancient manuscript. It's not something that was just for the, the New Testament church at the beginning, but it is living and breathing and active and alive today. So as we go, I pray that we would bring our hearts and they would open up and you would be able to examine our lives and show us what you wanna show us today. We just open up our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Come on. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Well, this COVID season that we find ourselves in, we're calling it that, that's at least what I'm calling it, it's canceled a lot of things for us, right? How many of you have gotten vacations that have been canceled? Ah, I'm coming Hawaii, just kidding. I'm gonna try again this next month, just kidding. Maybe September, not sure. A lot of things have been canceled. Birthday parties that have been canceled. Eh, I'm sorry, we'll celebrate you next year. It's gonna be okay. Some of us who are getting ready to send our kids back to school, off to the teacher for six hours a day, not canceled. Happiness canceled. There's a lot that's been canceled. Some very practical things in our life have been canceled as well. How many of you had doctor's appointments or dentist appointments and for four months you were like, I guess that's gonna have to wait. Well. There's, you know, it's good for all of us to see the dentist, but it's especially good for children to see the dentist, my children in particular. So I finally got my kids to the dentist because that had been canceled. And two weeks ago, I took them to the dentist and I did what any good Christian mother would do. I sat in the corner and I rocked and I spoke in tongues and prayed that they didn't have 100 cavities after I hadn't paid attention to their teeth for the last four months. But lo and behold, my kids' teeth, they're, uh, they're apparently figuring out how to brush and they had no cavities. Can we just get an amen for that? Yes, we gotta celebrate the small things in this season. But when my daughter Ellie, who's nine, when she was getting her teeth checked, the dentist said, listen, there's no cavities, but I'm kind of concerned for this adult tooth that's coming in because it's starting to, to come in, but the baby tooth is still below it. And because uh, it's not out yet, I'm afraid that food or bacteria is gonna get in there and it's gonna form a cavity on her adult teeth. So what I need you to do is I need you to start wiggling it, twisting it a bit to help encourage it to come out. So I said to the dentist, no problem, and I smiled at Ellie. See, 
My kids, uh, Ellie's nine and Livy's seven, for some reason, they lose their teeth very early. And we're not sure if it's genetics or too much sugar, but either way, I've become an expert at pulling my kids' teeth out. And here's the thing, I'm kind of one of those weird people that enjoys pulling teeth out. <laughs> Sounds like, I promise the only, I only try and pull out the loose teeth, not like the, the ones that are supposed to stay in there. And some teeth, they, they come out on their own. Like Ellie uh, lost one of her front teeth by biting into an It's It ice cream sandwich. You know that like frozen cookie? It just pulled the tooth right out. Again, we're not sure if it's genes or too much sugar, but for some reason, you know, the teeth are just coming out. So some of the teeth come out on their own, but others need to be encouraged. So when the dentist told me, you gotta encourage this tooth to come out, I was ready for it. It needs help, I'm a helper, I am here. But Ellie, on the other hand, was filled with terror because she hates her teeth being wiggled. She hates it when I come at her with the washcloth. She doesn't like pain. She doesn't even like the thought of pain. So when mom comes after her, do you know what she does? She runs from me. She begins to negotiate with me. She begins to try and distract me. And with a few, maybe tears, she reluctantly, you know, fights me for pulling on her teeth. Why? Because she hates pain. And she's not the only one who hates pain. I'd say that most human beings don't like pain. We try and avoid pain. I think that's why the epidural was invented. Can the ladies say amen? Come on. If you have a slight headache, what do you do? Like, oh, you have, you know, your mom's like, you have a slight headache. Honey, let me get you. You should not have to go through this. Let me grab you some ibuprofen. You should not have to be in pain. Hunger pains? No, that's why we invented snacking. Come on, we don't like to be in pain. And we do everything we can to try and avoid it, to try and medicate it, to try and mask it because we don't want to be in pain. But here's the thing. If we're not careful... The way that we don't like pain in our human nature, we can begin to apply that same practice of avoidance to our faith. See, when we face pain in testing, when we are in a trying season and we face a circumstance like that and our faith begins to be tested, we can kind of begin to scramble for that spiritual med. Or, or when the one who's trying to remove the cavities of our life come, we, we go ahead and run. Why? Because we don't like pain. But when it comes to our spiritual life, without realizing it, the pain, this pain is a part of our spiritual maturation process. Pain is a part of the process. And that's why James tells the early church he says to them in this passage of scripture, and he tells us, he doesn't say, hey, I want you to try and avoid the pain. Like, that's a great idea. No, instead, he says, when your faith is tested. When, not if, but when. It means that we all are going to go through this testing. It's inevitable. That word tested it was the same word that Tim unpacked for us last week. And it's the Greek word, dokimon. Did I say that right? I almost said Pokemon. No, Dokimon. It's fine. I'm learning Greek. You'll see that in a minute. It, in this word, it means to prove or to see whether something is genuine or not. And see, James is reminding us here that in this life, we'll be 
afforded many opportunities to have our faith tested, to prove, to see if our faith is actually genuine. See, we're all going to experience trials. We're all going to go through something. Again, not if, but when. We're gonna face financial trials. We're gonna face trials of sickness. And even the trial that we're in right now that we're calling the COVID season. And what James is offering us, he's saying to us today, hey, when you go through that trial, I want you to consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider this opportunity. Now at face value, when you read that, you could think that James is saying, hey, you know that pain you're going through, that trial? I want you to enjoy it. But that's not what James is saying at all. He didn't say, feel it all joy. He, he said, this feel, it's not a feeling that's in front of us. So I know I feel joy when I try and tug at my child's tooth to try and pull it out, but she most certainly doesn't feel joy. That's impossible. James is pointing out to us as the reader that there is a potential right here in the middle of the trial that you're experiencing, right in the middle of the pain that you're walking through for something to be developed. And he's trying to point that out to us. Now, going back to, um, which actually I didn't even tell you it, the title of, oh, I did tell you it, sorry. Woo, this is fun. This is the first time I've done this with live people. I'm used to no one in the basement. Back to our title today, No Pain, No Gain. I don't know if you know where that phrase was coined, and I'm actually not sure where it began, but I am sure about where that phrase became popularized. Anybody know who Jane Fonda is? Well, you might know her as the actress of today, but what you don't know is that Jane Fonda back in the 80s made the phrase No, no Pain, No Gain popular. And she did this by a bunch, a series of VHS tapes that she made of her doing some aerobics and strength training. Oh, and I hope you can imagine the 80s hair. Like, and I'm like, who wears headbands, like poofy headbands when they work out? Oh, Jane Fonda and her crew does. And the makeup, so much makeup that I'm like, you're working out, what are you doing? and these amazing shiny leotards. Now I want you just to picture all of that and you're gonna need to go on YouTube later not just to watch the sermon but to watch a Jane Fonda workout video or maybe that's this week's workout, I'm not sure. But Jane Fonda deemed that phrase and made it popular because what she taught in her class was that if you wanna gain, if you wanna gain some muscle, if you wanna gain some endurance, if you wanna gain flexibility, then you need to go through some pain. That you don't gain without the pain. And here's the deal, before, Jane, before Miss Jane Fonda, before Jane, there was James, the apostle. So, James knew that this same principle of no pain, no gain was true when it came to our spiritual life. So he said, when your faith is being tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. That word endurance, we're gonna look at it. See, in the New Living Translation, uh, they, they use the word endurance, but it actually comes from the word patience. 
And this is not a passive type of patience. This isn't like you're waiting for something to happen. This is actually an active endurance. It's not like sitting and waiting patiently. It's more like the stamina that helps you finish a marathon. Come on, we're the Birch family. They said amen, right? The stamina that you need. See, in the Greek, this word is hupomone. Did you like that? Hupomone. Not sure if I'm saying that one right either. But we're going to break down what this word means in the group. Hupa means under. And mone means to stay, to abide, to remain. So at its root, it means to remain under. Now, I want you to take that definition and I want you to put it in your pocket. Can you do that? Go ahead and just stick that in your pocket because we're going to define one more word that's in verse 4. So we find James says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, when we read this in the English, this can be confusing. And guys, this is why you got to learn to study your Bible. Because there's something deeper than just what the English words are translated on the page. Because you can take this as perfect, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a perfect human being. That's not what James is saying here. Instead, he's saying that that word perfect and the Greek word is teleos, and it means to mature. Teleos, to mature. It's not a perfection of someone without sin. It is a maturity that is developed. So James here is saying, Hupamone, to remain under, and teleos, to mature. James is showing us that the purpose we find in trial is to bring us to spiritual maturity, to grow stronger in the Lord. Here's the thing. As believers, this should be our highest priority. To what? To grow. Not to stay the same, but to grow. This should be our main goal. See, we find in Romans 5, 3, and 4, Paul says the same exact thing to the church. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop an endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Now, I could give you this great couple of definitions, but I don't want to leave you today with just some simple definitions. Hupamone, which means what? To remain under. Or teleos, which means to mature. Instead, I want to illustrate this for you today. So I need my partner in crime. I need my workout buddy. I need the co-founder of Jim Biddle, our at-home gym. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my husband. And actually, I kind of need David because you got to help him move these props. So Tim's going to show us what this looks like today. Oh, hey there. Hey, it's almost like, it's almost like you knew this was going to happen and you wore your workout clothes. Or is this just what you drum in? It, but, okay. Are those Lululemon? Oh, okay. So I'm going to need you to take this barbell and you can put it up. You know how to do it, right? Yeah, there you go. Good job. Actually, David, you could bring those over here. If you, David's going to show his strength for a moment too. 
Nope, you can just set them down. Thank you so much. So this barbell represents the trials that we go through in our life the things that we walk through. Because if you live on planet Earth, then you're guaranteed to go through some stuff. But I also have a revelation for you because if you're a believer, the moment you say yes to Jesus is the moment that you actually sign up for some testing, for some trials in your life. I hope, you know, I'm sorry if that messes up your theology, but it's just the truth. So this is the opportunity for trials in our life. And all of a sudden, you know, Tim's just trying to live his best Christian life when just skipping through your days. Actually, it might make you do a little squat. No, we'll, we'll wait for that. When all of a sudden he comes up against a trial, he has something happen. There's some financial things going on in his world. Oh, that just sounds intense, right? And there's you know, we're going through this COVID season and there's this financial loss. Why? Because many people lost their job and got laid off within this season. And right when he thought that, you know, he was going to qualify for unemployment, nope, not that either. So here he is under the weight of that financial loss. And then he's just, you know, trying to live his life still in this COVID season when all of a sudden somebody in his family gets sick because this is a real thing that's going on. And it looks like, you know, that person might get better, but then all of a sudden turns for the worse. And pretty soon he loses someone close to him and he feels the weight, the hupamone of what's going on in his world. And then I make him squat a little. You do a little squat. You don't have to go that much. Maybe give me just a, a standard lunge. <laughs> That's good. That's good. But then pretty soon, some other stuff happens to Tim. And he starts having trouble in some relationship between he and his wife. Now, this is just a pretend scenario. We're okay. I just want you to know we're okay. But he starts to feel the weight of the pain and the, the, the trial that he's going through. And next thing you know, something else happens to Tim. How are you feeling, by the way? A little off kilter at the moment? How's that feel? Feels good? Are you sure? No, you're not sure? <laughs> All of a sudden, he shows up at the doctor and he gets a report and he goes to his friends and he says, can you guys pray? I'm, I've got this sickness, I've got this thing and I don't wanna be there anymore. But we pray and you know what, nothing changes. He's still feeling the effects of that sickness and he feels the weight of it. And then lastly, it's all the uncertainty that everybody's facing of COVID in this season of what is life gonna look like? And he feels even more off kilter and he's under the weight, the hupanmone. But what he does is he stands under it and he positions himself under it. And what's amazing is that when he positions himself under it, whoa, something's changing in him. It's like he's been spending some time at Jim Biddle and he's been training 
And all of a sudden, once was some chicken legs. Bro, I see those quads developing. Hey. Yo, those, those calf muscles that are coming through. Why? Because he's standing underneath the weight of something. And all of a sudden, what happens? I forgot the other Greek words, so let me remind myself. Teleos happens. He begins to mature. He begins to grow. Because as a result of the pain that he's experiencing, because it doesn't look very comfortable. I don't know how much longer you can hold that. But as a result of the pain, do you know what happens? The pain makes him gain. The pain that he's under, the hupomone, causes him to gain. It causes him to grow. And I'm gonna help him real quick, take this off, and then do you think you could set that down? Just give me a great clean impress, no? Okay, you got that, give it up for Tim. You see, without that training, without that weight, y'all, Tim would still have chicken legs. <laughs> because it was under that, that weight, it was under that hupomone that he was able to grow, that he was able to gain something. See, without it, he still have those chicken legs. Without it, the growth wouldn't happen. Was it painful? Yeah but it developed a growth. Without it, he wouldn't have been able to grow. Now, let me just take this a little bit further today and explain what James meant in chapter one when he told us this. Now, there's the New Living Translation and there's also the Robin Translation, so I'm gonna give you that today. So when we face trouble, don't try and escape it, but instead, remain under it and be glad because this is an opportunity for you to grow in maturity. Come on, this is an opportunity to grow. So I wanna ask you right now, Christian, I wanna ask you in the midst of this COVID season, in the midst of the things that you're facing, the financial loss, the pain, the isolation, the unique thing that you're going through, I wanna ask you right now, with everything that you're currently facing, are you growing? Christian, are you growing? Or with this whole weight that's underneath you, are you committed to staying under it? Or like so many people, are you trying to escape the weight? Come on, this is the workout analogy. If there ever was, I'm gonna throw one more in there because apparently that's what this sermon's all about today. Just this last week, Tim bought he and I some heart rate monitors because we do these workout programs and we do a bunch of different workout programs where you can pick a trainer. And we wanted to see which workout program netted us the best results. So we wanted to check our heart rate, see how many calories we were burning. And so we put the heart rate monitors on. And after two days, I said to Tim, hey, I don't know if mine's working. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not burning that many calories. So you know, my logical thought was like, well, there must be something wrong with the machine, not me. But Tim posed this question to me. He said, are you pushing yourself? And I was like, what did you say? What did you say to me? 
Am I pushing myself? I am an ex-bodybuilder, okay? Have you seen my biceps? My traps are bigger than yours, bro. Do you wanna fight over this? But actually, I didn't do that. I said all of that internally. And I was like, am I pushing myself? And all of a sudden, the logic set in. For the last three months, I have been lifting the same size weights during our workout programs. And I haven't increased in the size of weight, and I haven't increased in, in reps. Well, if you don't work out, let me tell you that if you want to grow, if you want to actually advance in your fitness, then you gotta change things up. Then you gotta grab a heavier weight or you gotta increase the reps. But for me, when it came to my muscular structure, I wasn't changing because I wasn't growing. I was just maintaining. I was just staying in the same place. Why? Because it's hard. It's hard to lift more weights. I lift heavy weights and the other ones are bigger and guys, it causes me pain. I don't, the sore muscle thing, like, I don't wanna be sore afterwards. So instead of getting under it, I began to escape it. I began to do what was easier. Now, when it comes to your spiritual life, I think the truth the, the truth is that a lot of people's lives look like this. That's where a lot of people are living right now. Where they're not gaining, they're just simply maintaining. They're staying in the same place. See, let me talk to those of you who are new to Jesus. You haven't been following Jesus that long. This is probably the first real trial or test that you've ever been through as a believer. And you have two choices. You can, you can choose to try and escape the weight, to try and uh, find coping mechanisms to get outside of that. You can let it weaken you. You can even let it break you. Or you can do what James tells us to do. You can consider it an opportunity for joy. Why? Because there is purpose in this pain. There is purpose in the pain for you. And I'm not just talking to new believers and the mature believers are like, that's cool, good, tell them a great sermon this morning. No, I'm talking to the mature believers too. Hey, mature believer, does your spiritual life kind of look like my workout routine? Are you just maintaining? Are you on autopilot? Are you just coasting through this season and hanging out with your, sitting on your hands, not really pursuing God? Or worse, are you, where you once maybe picked up those 10s or 15s or 25s, you've settled for the pink weights. And you're not just maintaining, you're actually going backwards. Come on, you're reading your word less, you're worshiping less, you're, you're praying less. And in a spiritual sense, your spiritual muscles are beginning to atrophy because you're ignoring all of the signs to pursue and to grow in this season. Instead, you're like, it's just too hard. Come on. There is purpose in the pain. There is purpose in the pain. Listen, I know this season sucks. Can we just say that? It sucks that you have to not be in this room and I have to live stream to you. It sucks that you have to wear a mask all day. So many things suck. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that that many times, kids. Don't follow my lead in that. I know it's difficult. 
But church, here's the deal. I don't want to live with any season where I'm not living on purpose. I know the things of this season are not ideal. I know we want to get out of this, but we are not meant to just sit on our hands and wait for it to pass us by. There is purpose in the pain. There is purpose for your life in this season. There's something that God wants to grow inside of you that without pain can't grow. Come on, there is purpose in it. Benj, you guys can come. We're going to close in just a minute. And I just want to say, is it easy? No. Is it easy to walk through the things that you're walking through? Absolutely not. Does it hurt? Yeah. Of course it does. But is it worth it is my question for you. And I would answer you today and say, certainly it's worth it. Because there is purpose in the pain that you're experiencing. As I was praying and studying this week, I wrote this phrase down. I'm gonna read this to you today. This is for me, church, so my heart and encouragement is that you join me in this. This is what I wrote. I won't seek trials and search out tribulation, but I also won't despise them and lose hope when they come. For when my faith is tested, my endurance has a chance to grow. Come on, if I could plead with you today, I'd echo the words of the Apostle James, and I'd say to you, so let it grow. So let it grow. The things that God can do in a season of pain, He can't do outside of that. And I know that we're a young church, but that doesn't mean we're an immature church. That doesn't mean we live in an immature space. And God's heart and desire is that we would take this opportunity and that we would see that there is purpose in the pain and we would let it grow. I wanna close with this verse. See, the apostles and teachers like James, when they spoke to the New Testament church, they were always speaking with heaven in mind, with eternity in mind. A lot of the believers they were talking to didn't have a lot to look forward to because of the trials that they were experiencing. So they were always reminding them, hey, what you're experiencing right now, this isn't forever. Remember eternity. Remember where you're going. Remember the God who saved you has a destiny. He has an eternity for you to spend with Him. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 36 and 37 says this, patient endurance is what you need right now so that you will continue to do the will of God. And then, church, then believer, you will receive all that God has promised you. For in just a little while, I know it seems like it's never gonna end, but in just a little while, the one, the coming one will come and he won't delay. Go on, I speak that over us today, that we wouldn't give up that we wouldn't stop growing. The things that you're facing today, they are only lasting a little while, but let's take the opportunity within them and let's let it grow, shall we?
Come on, will you pray with me today? Father, I thank you for every person in our church. I thank you for the new believers and those who would call them the mature believers. But right now, we just say that we wanna live on purpose in this season. I thank you, God, that you have purpose to grow something inside of us that you can't grow outside of this season. So come on, if that's you today, you say, I've been living off purpose. The pain has caused me to try and retreat, but I wanna, I wanna live under it and I wanna see God develop something in my life. I wanna walk into that next place of maturity with my Father. Father, right now, we just say we commit that and we just say, let it grow. Come on, there's purpose in this pain and we say, let it grow. And those of you that are maybe watching or tuned in today that you'd say, you know what? I'm not growing and I'm not even near God right now. Listen, I talked about eternity. And when I pray, I pray with eternity in mind. And I pray for those who are outside of the scope of eternity that have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus. So if that's you today and you're far from Jesus, I wanna send you the invitation and say it's so easy to come close to Him and I wanna invite you to say yes to following Him today. When the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. So it's not the eloquence of your words, but I just want you to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for giving yours for mine. I repent of my sins and right now I turn to you God, would you take my life? Would you forgive me of my sins? And today I choose to be your disciple and follow you. And I thank you that you have eternity promised for me. Thank you that I'm not gonna stay here, but I'm gonna run and grow and run after you and meet you in eternity. Come on. We thank you, Jesus, for every person that, that prayed that prayer. Come on, amen. Can you celebrate with those who made that decision? Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.